Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everybody, to Mad Sports Take, episode 34, your weekly podcast for sports, business, and more. Here we tackle the business of all news that you hear about in the sports world. Ryan Roberts, of course, here with Mr. David Turner, 18-year scouting vet across the NFL Arena League and up north in the CFL. David, we have an awesome interview tonight. Of course, we have Mr. Uh, Mr. Peyton Turner, defensive end, pass rush specialist from the University of Houston, coming on tonight as well as talking pro day circuit and talking a little quarterback so far on the circuit. David, I know we have an awesome show planned. Have Peyton on. First and foremost, welcoming you to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, good evening. How are you, buddy? Did, now, I'm going to drop you a did you know, because I'm not did sure if you saw this. Okay. You've been busy. You've been out to dinner. But yep. did you know that our podcast went over a thousand views? A thousand downloads, I should say. A thousand downloads. Nice. Nice. In my, in my recollection, that's the first time we got over a thousand downloads. So thank you for everybody who's downloading and being part of Mavs. And you know, jumping on the Mavs uh, sports take uh, train. Well, that's that's great news. I wasn't expecting that you held that into the podcast. We didn't even have that in our pre uh, pre show meeting. So no, I just made sure I waited and waited and waited, and then I'm like, I'm going to hit them when we get on the show with it. Hey, I appreciate that. That's great news, and we need some great news because we're hitting the lull of NFL draft season now, right? We're talking about the pro day circuit. We're hitting kind of the tail end. There's only like a week or so left of this pre-draft process and then the show finally gets here. So we're hitting that lull. So I need as much good news as possible. And for you all that are now with us, maybe for the first time, maybe for the 34th time, we thank you so much because we are live here on the NFL draft Bible live stream on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter taking live questions all night. If you want to throw a question into the chat, please feel free. Again, we have Peyton Turner. That's going to be on here in about seven minutes, eight 45 Eastern time. We're going to be talking Pro days, we're going to be talking about quarterback performances, obviously the most important uh, position, not only in football, but in all of sports. Obviously, that's it, what people want to talk about, so we're going to continue to have that conversation. Before we start, Maverick Sports Consulting was created to help professionals in the sporting community to showcase their passion for their sport in a professional manner. Whether that is to help you when approaching an interview, create a social media marketing plan, 
or helping build you to take a Wonderlick test, we are here to help you maximize, maximize, maximize your opportunity. Please head over to maverick.sportsconsulting.com to find your advantage package today. So, David, of course, we have Peyton Turner that's going to come on in a couple minutes. But let's start this conversation off with pro days. I know we want to talk quarterbacks, but I think that should be the bulk maybe of the second half of this podcast. So let's talk some eye-popping numbers. This is the favorite time of the year, right? We didn't have any combines, so we need our, our athletic fix. We need to see some guys running around in shorts. For me, when you're asking the big winners, or maybe not winners, because like this guy was you know, assumed maybe a top 10 player before this. But when we're talking about winners, we have to talk about two guys from Penn State, from Happy Valley, that Micah Parsons, of course, potential top 10 pick at 242 pounds, ran an official, to my knowledge, 439 40-yard dash, but not to be outdone by his defensive end partner from Penn State, Jason Owe, who ran an also 439 official 40-yard dash. David, you've been doing this a long time. I have never seen someone 242 pounds and 257 pounds respectively run sub 4-4. These guys are not built on this planet, in my opinion. <laughs> These, no, honestly, no, those are so, they're very, very – no, they're not rare. They're very, very rare numbers. They're extremely rare numbers to the point where it's just like unbelievable. So – you know, these guys, when we talk about maximizing your opportunity, they maximize their pro day numbers. They maximize them being seen and standing out and all that. So this is a situation where you literally couldn't have done any better and separate themselves. Like I said, Micah Parsons over the summer, you know, when I first saw him and I, and I was asked to do an SI hit for him, I mean, this guy reminds me a lot of, a Pat Willis, a Ray Lewis, but then he comes out and he runs faster. You know, I thought Pat Willis, honestly, Pat Willis was one of the most athletic, fast, quick, instinctive linebackers I had ever seen. Okay. And then to see Michael Parsons or Micah Parsons do what he did the other day, it taught Pat Willis's numbers. It was just like unbelievable. Well, it's like it, these guys just keep setting the bar. I guess they shouldn't be surprised because we saw. Devin White out of LSU run 4-4-2 at the Combine, you know, a couple years ago where you're like, dude, linebackers 237 pounds should not be running 4-4-2. And I guess the next step is, hey, somebody's got to break the record eventually, right? For like the longest time, it was like Deion Sanders and Daryl Green and all these guys are so fast. And then eventually, right, somebody had to run a 4-2-4, Chris Johnson. And then Chris Johnson had to go down too and run a 4-2-2 before long. I imagine we're going to see somebody finally break 4-2, and it's going to be insane. But these numbers just keep getting freakier and freakier. I think a conversation I'd like to have before we have Peyton on, David, though. So Owe, interesting player. Because, again, 257 pounds, ran 4-3-9, had a 40-inch vertical, like just dumb numbers, and like an 11-foot broad jump for 257 pounds, which is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like everybody wants to talk about – uh, Byron Jones, right, the cornerback for Miami a few years ago, he, he jumped like 11-6 or something like that. I think that was the combine record or whatever. But it's like that guy was 195 pounds, 200 pounds doing that. Like this guy's 257 pounds with an 11-foot broad jump, which is just absolutely absurd. But the question here, David, is this kid as a redshirt sophomore, a redshirt freshman he might have been at the time, 
He flashed. Backup role as a defensive end, kind of a situational pass rusher behind Yator Gross Matos and um, and their other defensive end who is also in the draft this year. So he has five sacks as a part-time player. Then this year, he's expected to take that jump. Well, in five games he played or whatever it was, he had six tackles for loss and no sacks. So the question becomes, how much are you valuing this upside? Like, how high are you taking a guy that didn't have the production but has these ungodly measurables? Like, where do you value this type of player? I think it's a fascinating conversation. Well, I think if you look at a comparison would be JPP coming out of Troy when he came out, right? He was coming off an injury, and he didn't play a full season. And and you you went and watched him play the tape – and you're like, yeah, he's got skills. He's got, he's got it. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's like, and I want to say a no brainer, but it was just like, man, this guy's got it. And same with like an Alden Smith coming out of Missouri, didn't play a full year. You know what I mean? So it was, uh, it's a situation where we've seen it in the past and we've seen it work. You got to do your homework backwards on players like this to know if it's going to be a repeat constant, you know, injury or, if, if, if he's going to tail off, is he's going to be just a workout wonder or if he really has the tools and traits to do it. So a guy like this, I would sit and watch probably every game he played, even as you know a part-time player. I would watch every rep that he took and see and put it put that body to work all the way together. You know, one we can talk about the Penn State kids all day, but really quick before we get off this topic, one yeah. kid that I know nobody's talking about that really, as as a personnel guy, I would take and highlight like as the, the Wonderlick or as the workouts came in, I would highlight all the one, you know, all the measurements and the everything. Mm-hmm. This Nate Hobbs corner from Illinois. Insane. Like four three nine or something like that, right? Four three so, nine, five eleven yeah. five. Uh yeah. he had eleven three broad. He had forty two inch vert. He had, I mean, uh his his three cone was a six six eight. And his short shuttle was a three nine two or something like that. I mean, I'm telling you, if they're four two oh, they're quick as a hiccup. Mm-hmm. I don't think in my entire career I've ever seen a short shuttle under four ever. And for him to come in as a three two four, three two nine, whatever it was. Or I'm sorry, a three nine two or three nine six. No, no, no. I got all excited. I got all excited. But like yeah. a three nine two or three nine six, whatever it was, was just like when I saw that, and then I look over at his three cone and it's a six six eight. I was just like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, are you re- and he's t- 195 pounds and like five one one five? He played corner and safety at Illinois. So it's not just like he just played on the outside, you know. So he's got some versatility to him, too, which is pretty insane. Um yeah, those numbers. When I saw, it honestly took me off guard. I thought he was a good athlete on film, but like then I saw that, I was like, "Huh, I might need to go take a second look at that because I didn't quite see that." But like, I mean, across the board, it wasn't just like he ran a fast forty, but no, none of the other numbers matched. Like everything explosively just made sense, you know. Kinda- well, yeah, and I wouldn't look. I didn't know who he was. I that's how yeah. I typically would do this kind of stuff. Is they would come across. I don't know who they are. I highlight them, then I go look at them. This yep. kid's got 110 solo tackles. He's a four-year starter, it looks like. Had a little bit of an injury history. But, you know, again, he has three interceptions. I think pass defenses is like 18. I mean, yeah. I mean, last year in 19 or, yeah, 19, 
was his best year. Um, and then this year they, he only played in five games and, you know, it wasn't that great, but you know, he was getting ready to hit a peak. And I was just like, man, this is a kid that's probably going to fall. Nobody, like you said, nobody knows about him uh, or isn't really talking to his hype. So he's a third, maybe fourth round pick, you know, but he could wind up breaking out and being a guy. Mm-hmm. No, he, a, a very interesting player, at least the guy that you definitely have to do your film study on. We talked a little bit about Jason Owe, who is a very interesting defensive end in this 2021 NFL draft class. What we're going to bring on now, one of the big risers this year, talking about the end of the season, into draft season, senior bowl week. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Peyton Turner, who is joining the show now. So Peyton is a Houston, University of Houston defensive end, 2020 American Athletic Conference second team selection 27 career sacks including 10 and a half tackles flaws five sacks in only five games in 2020 and of course a 2021 senior ball participant Peyton uh, welcoming you to the show man we really appreciate you taking some time today you've been a guy that's been super interesting to me on film and I just can't wait to dig into your story a little bit man yes sir thanks for having me Absolutely. Hey, I'm I just fascinated with your last name. I mean, it, it's finally to me. I, I love meeting relatives from across the country. And, you know, it's just a shame we've never gotten together and grilled before before this. Yeah, I know it, man. You see the resemblance, though. Hey, it's, it's clear <laughs> as day, isn't it? No it's doubt. just clear as day, especially the height. The yep. height is just it's in the hair. The hair. Same, hair, same hair. I got same mine hair. just goes down here. His is on top of his head. Yep. <laughs> well, Peyton, we man, again, we really appreciate you for taking some time here, Peyton. Obviously, we were I was doing my research on you before the show. I'm looking at your your career, right? I said 27 game star. You were a four-year player for Houston. Real briefly, can you just give us kind of the synopsis on your career and maybe some of your favorite accomplishments? Uh, well, my career real quick, um, you know, I, my first two years at Houston, I played 4i, more on the interior, a uh, little bit 3-tech. And then uh, my last two years, I moved out on the edge. You know, my junior year was me kind of learning how to play on the edge. And then my senior year, as you saw, I mean, I had a little bit more produ- uh, production. But, yeah, I mean, um, I think one of my favorite moments was uh, my true my true freshman year uh, back in 2017. Uh, you know, my sec- second career game or, or first career game, second, second career uh, rep. Uh, play. I got an interception. Uh, you know, I took the ball to myself in the line of scrimmage. Got an interception. That was pretty cool. Um, and then later that that same game, my first game, I got a sack. So uh, those those are two good memories I have uh, in my time in Houston for sure. You know, I, 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 I just got to start to know you about you know when you got to the Senior Bowl because I was just like, okay, I always take the roster, and start re, you know researching, and I noticed that you had some some uh, massive. Uh, kind of body fluctuation you know as far as like you know how you were coming together what's the deal there like how how come your body switched so much in your career was that something the coaches were asking you to do or can you take us through that a little bit yeah um i mean first off um you know i, I played basketball too in high school i was a pretty good basketball player so i'd never really had an off season in football you know it's just straight weight room so when i got in i was a little lighter i was just under 240 and then um yeah i mean i gained weight got 260 got in the rotation my freshman year and then, um, like I said, you know, we were playing four hours, so I needed to get a little heavier. So I got up to 290 uh, by the beginning of my sophomore year and then 280 junior year and then 270 this past year uh, as a senior. Where do you feel most comfortable playing? Um, most comfortable, I'm, I'm most comfortable with 270, uh, really where I'm at uh, right now. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's where I've had the most production. That's where I've been this past past year. That's where I'm staying at uh, going to the draft there. I love it. And Peyton, I, I know that that obviously is a big fluctuation for some people. They're here and you're like, yeah, I just threw on 30 pounds, right? Like, not, like it's nothing. Obviously, right. you guys are working with 
great nutritionists, great, great, great staff. Like obviously that went a lot into it. Can you talk about just that? Like, cause that, you know, you're talking to coaches staff. They're like, you probably need to gain a little weight to play that four eye. Like you're saying, maybe the little daunting uh, factors on the body, like trying to gain that much weight so quick. It's not easy to do. It's really not an easy thing. Yeah. Uh, especially like when, you know, you're not, not as strong as, as a lot of people uh, coming in. So yeah, gaining weight that freshman year, uh, you know, I kind of felt my quickness, uh, quickness leave a little bit. Uh, but I mean, you know, you get used to it, you adjust to it. But um, definitely, I think the worst part about it was just having like to sit down and eat like three plates of meals uh, at once in one sitting. So that, that was kind of ridiculous. But, um, you know, I didn't have too many, too many problems with my Wait, body. Wait, that's daunting? You're not supposed to have three <laughs> plates of meals? Dude, I mean, two I guess good. I'm doing it all wrong. I, I mean, guess I'm doing it all wrong. Three, man, it's just, it's work. It's work at three. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a whole process. Well, see, I'm Italian. So, like, us Italians, three plates, and, and, and your mom feel love. If you don't if you don't need all three plates, you don't feel love. So, Dude, you got to make sure you clear the table there. That's understandable. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, need, I need a little inside scoop into the weight gain, though. I know I'm focusing on this for a second, but I've heard so many crazy stories, right? Like, I remember Alex Kappa last year talked about the, like, cottage cheese concoction couple of the UNI guys this year talk about their jungle juice, which is just apparently just some protein mix. Like, what's the secret sauce to that weight gain for you besides for three plates, plates of food? You got anything yeah. cool? Yeah, mine was, uh, you know, we got two Uncrustables, uh, you know, the, the peanut butter jelly, the Smuckers, uh, or, or whatever it was, the Uncrustables. Uh, you throw that in the shake, you get uh, chocolate pow- protein powder, uh, like a scoop and a half. I think one scoop's like a serving. We got a scoop and a half, and then you get, um, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of calories uh, from – you know, peanut butter and stuff that they throw in there on top. And and then, you know, they throw in some blackberries and stuff, like a few, few antioxidants. But, dude, that's a heavy smoothie. It's, it's, you're eating the smoothie. You're not, you're not drinking it. You're eating it. But, uh, freshman, sophomore year when I was getting weight, that was like, that was like one of the go tos, you know, when I was a little bit light, uh, or trying to gain weight. That, that was one of the go tos. Was it good at all, Peyton, or was it absolutely disgusting? No, man. You know, I, I was running from that. I was running from that every day. Every day I came in and they had that sitting out there. I was like, no, man. They had my name on it on the way out, out of the cat, out of the calf, man. That was bad. Uh, when you start chewing a smoothie, I don't think it's a smoothie anymore. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. yeah no, it's not it's it. Like, it's like a batter at that point. I, I know Peyton you know, even talked about a little bit your senior bowl performance. I definitely want to ask about that because for me, you really stood out. I got to your film a little later in the season. It's funny. I, I was like the first or second game of your season. I actually saw a 98 flash a couple of times. I was just casually watching though. I wasn't breaking down the film. Right. And I was like, who is this guy? And then it was like a week later, Jim Nagy tweeted something about you. I'm like, oh, okay. He's on, he's on the radar then. So people know about him. And then you got to the senior bowl. Had a really nice performance. I know Senior Bowl week was obviously a little bit different with the COVID protocols and all of that type of situation. But can you just take me through a little bit of the performance down in Mobile and how you felt how you le- felt left uh, how you felt leaving the week? Oh yeah, I mean uh, it's funny. I hear scouts and, and, and GMs and stuff saying like that that I was surprised about the Senior Bowl and that they were happy with my performance. But honestly, I thought I thought I, I mean I did okay. Uh, I was I wasn't that like as up as everybody else I hear is, but um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got to, I got hurt that second day, um, uh, towards the, uh, at the beginning really. And then, you know, I just finished out the day, uh, but you know, my foot got a little swollen, uh, coming off it. So haven't done, haven't done a lot, um, or as much as I want to, uh, when I was there, but yeah, I mean, it was a unique opportunity, uh, like you said, just cause of COVID and, um, uh, being able to talk to coaches and everything. Uh, that's one of the only times we got to this year. So 
I think it was big, uh, big time being able to go down there and you know talk ball with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and how, were, what was what was the feedback with you, Peyton? Obviously, talking to the, some scouts and and talking to teams. Just you know, you talked about the general feedback from your week that they thought you had a good week, but just maybe from just a little more wide scope of you as a player and how they kind of value you to a degree. Yeah, uh, as as far as value, I mean, they see me like being really versatile. Uh, pretty ninety eight percent of everybody I talk well, only one team. Uh, see. With the exception of one team, they, everybody sees me on the edge, like outside back or DN. But uh, I mean, uh, one, one team could uh, was talking about me playing base downs uh, more on the interior, uh, put on some weight. But um, I mean, I'm just I'm just wanted to play some football at the next level and uh, compete. So I mean, I'm looking forward to it. When you're saying uh, base inside, like uh, is that was that a typical scheme four three team, or was that a team that might plays this hybrid like nickel first down package? Yeah, uh, it was a team that played a little bit of, of both. Um, they play they play a little bit of both, but they saw me like as base down on, on the interior, and then um, you know I might pop out on the edge if they bring uh, in certain packages. But uh, yeah, I mean most of everything I'm hearing is is just me on the edge, and then me having that, like I said that versatility to go on inside and rush on a guard or center uh, in, in packages. Are you more comfortable playing on the left or right side when you're rushing? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm good with either. Uh, my junior year, I was really I was really stuck on you know having my right hand in the ground uh, in the dirt. Uh, on the so I was, I was really like liking to play on the left side, but uh, you know I made myself a little bit more comfortable playing on the right side. But I, I mean, my time at Houston, I played to the field, so whether the field was left or right, I was on, I was on it. When I was watching you at Senior Bowl, like when I saw some of your best stuff was on the left side, and like you said, you were comfortable with your right hand in the ground and coming off. And then I started thinking about some right, some some left side defensive ends. And I, I really started thinking about Michael Strahan a lot. Like your your size, your frame, a lot of what you look like coming off the bus. And I worked with Mike at uh, the Giants for a little while, and so I was like, man, you know, I, I see that kind of same frame now. If you develop your game like he did to be become obviously one of the best pass rushers in the game, right? That's that's on you and your work. But you got the traits and the skill set that uh, you know kind of reminded me in flashes of him. That's pretty well, David, cool. I, I, yeah, no, that's a that's a, that's a really that's a that is a very good comparison there, David. I, I love it so much because then we also have the Texas guys, right? We got a Houston guy here. Michael Strahan was from Texas State, so we got those parallels. I love it so much. And um, Peyton, I, when we're looking at you now, obviously for me, when I look at you, I think a lot of guys are kind of going to group you in that longer defensive end group like a Gregory Rousseau, right? Like you guys kind of have a similar stature, similar body frame, and Jalen Phillips, like those types of guys. Are there players, maybe it's Michael Strahan, I don't know, past, present, that maybe you model your game after a little bit, you emulate to a degree, is there anybody for you? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of, uh, like you said, long players, uh, you know, that are athletic on the edge, play, play pretty similar. So uh, a lot of times when I'm watching football, I watch those, those types of guys. I watch Marcus Davenport, I watch J.J. Watt, um, you know, I watch, you know, Green Bay has some big DNs, so I'll watch them. Uh, you know, same with uh, New Orleans. So uh, a lot, a lot of just longer athletic guys. JJ, uh, JPP as well. Uh, he's a pretty long guy. Um, just, just a lot of long guys that you know stand up or you know three point stance on the edge. Well, you know, Bruce Smith and and uh, Michael Strahan play. They they were about two two seventy. You know, I think he even got up to two seventy five. But Strahan's last uh, season, he dropped down to two fifty five. And he played, I think, his last season or two at 255. But, you know, for you to be coming in at 270, you're like right right in that wheelhouse, you know, uh, very similar to those guys. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And pay, kind of the la- last step here. I mean, I, I know there's conversations between teams, team bu- building those relationships, talking scheme with coaches, all that good stuff. But I know you have not had your pro day yet. I think it's early next month. So can you let the, the viewers in on when the pro day is and how the training has been for the event? Uh, yeah, pro, my pro day uh, at Houston is at uh, April 9th um, in the morning. So April 9th in the morning, like you said, early in the month. Uh, my training, uh, I was training up at Exos in Frisco uh, prior to the Senior Bowl. And then, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I got I got a little hurt um, in Senior Bowl. So uh, just been trying to do, get get back to, you know, doing everything normal again, getting back healthy, doing pool work and everything. So about, yeah, I mean, I've been training down in Frisco uh, from, from my time, my time being. And, and are, uh, with the uh, with the injury and rehabbing for from the senior bowl injury, Peyton, are you planning on doing everything? Or are you going to be at a limited capacity? What does that look like? Uh, I mean, the plan is, you know, to get healthy, get right. And, you know, if I'm at 90 percent, I'm going to go out there and do do it as much as I can and everything. But the plan is to go out there and do everything. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully I'm feeling great uh, and ready to go by April 9th. I know, I know Exos obviously has a very, you know, big reputation for putting out some dudes. How has that experience been? I know you guys are training obviously with the best in the country and those, I mean, Exos consistently puts out some outstanding numbers. Yeah. I mean, you know, they know what they're doing. They got it, they got it broken down to a T from, you know, what, what you, what you eat in the morning to, uh, you know, what two and a half plate you're going to put on in each set that you're lifting. So, uh, you know, they got a really good program. You know, I'm, I'm glad I went there to, to train. So again, yeah, I've worked with XOs before. They're very professional. Love the organization. Like I said, you got to dial in from training into into the food prep and everything else. It's just they're they're an amazing organization. And now, who who did you who did you choose to represent you? Uh, Grayland Crane and uh, Jeff Nally out of Select Sports Group. Oh, I know Grayland many many years. Great great individual. Very great individual. How did you come to that decision though? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the agent process is really long and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of it's, it's a lot of stress and everything. But, uh, you know, you got to do your research, got my family uh, to help me through the process. So, uh, I mean, they just felt right. And, uh, they, you know, everything I thought they said was genuine. So, uh, you know, that's how I ended up with them. Love it. Love it. So, again, Mr. Peyton Turner, star defensive end out of the University of Houston, 2021, senior ball participant, 2021 NFL draft. Who um, NFL draft prospect who in only a few short weeks here is finally going to have his lifelong dream of uh, I'm sure at this point. Payton, we appreciate you, man, taking a little bit of time here. We'll have to have you back on after that that uh, glorious day of you becoming a professional football player happens, man. But we really do appreciate the time tonight. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank y'all for having me. Hey, keep the family up, babe. You know that's how we do. Yes, sir. Go cool. <laughs> <laughs> so again, joined by Mr. Peyton Turner. Defense just another, just another Turner boy hanging out here on Mavs. That was my favorite Turner that's ever been in the studio. Personally, I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah, sure it was. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Payton Turner. You knew I was going to have to say something. I wasn't going to sit quiet on that. You one. know what? You know what? I actually didn't even paint the parallel. I don't know. I guess it's dad brain. I was like, when you started talking about the Turner thing, I was like, oh, they have the same last name. Okay, cool. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> But when you I booked really, him, I'm like, oh, Turner boys in the house. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> well, I would say, man, it was a great interview. Awesome young man. Of course, very talented football player who I, I believe will be drafted somewhere in the top three rounds of the 2021 NFL draft with this type of length and athleticism and ability. He talked about teams that weren't really talking to him too much. For me, man, like I want him playing up and down the line of scrimmage. I would not just play him at defensive end and then you're on the edge all the time. 
I want to play him all up and down, kind of like he was saying, playing some four-eye. I don't know about playing four-eye much, but like playing some five, rushing at three in obvious pass rush, uh, passing situations. I think this kid has the talent to affect the football game and take advantage of his athletic upside against interior players. Like That is what I envision him. Face down end, that's fine, but I want to use him all up and down the line of scrimmage. And I, I agree with you. I, I think that a lot of these hybrid first down, four, three, and then move into a nickel type situations. What we used to do at, I'm talking way back now, 2002 at the uh, Miami Dolphins, we had what, what was called a NASCAR package where we would take one of our ends and move them into that three technique. So on first down, we had Tim Bowens and Daryl Garner, big 300 pounders blocking and take, keeping people off Zach, you know, and they, they might even stay on second down, depending on what happened. Zach Thomas, that is. And then we had Jason Taylor on one side and then David Bowens was on the other side. And then what we would do is we would move, you know, the two D tackles would come out or we would take one of them out, move, David Bowen's down and bring in another rusher on the other side of, of guys, Jay and let him go. So did you did you have um Daryl Gardner at that point defensive mm-hmm. tackles? With yeah. Daryl Gardner and Tim and Tim Bowen's inside, yeah. Yeah, Tim, were Tim and David related? I never looked that up. I never even researched that. Were they related at all? No, no. they weren't. No. Okay. Just the no. way di- different, just same last name, yeah. Well, you talked about your obviously history with the New York Giants, David. Like the first thing I thought about was like, hey, Michael Strahan and OCU Manure used to be the defensive ends. They put Justin Tuck inside, right, and have him right. rush from the interior. So same kind of package, NASCAR. Uh, I've heard uh, called a bunch of different things at this point. So uh, really talented football player, a guy that I'm very excited about. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun because I, I I had read that he had kind of been up and down a lot the defensive line for Houston, a lot of different weight fluctuation which was really cool to kind of just hear a little background of there. None of those guys like any of those shakes that they have to drink either, man. It's so funny. <laughs> it is funny, but I agree with them. As soon as you start having to chew the drink, right, it's yeah. no longer a smoothie. It's a meal. Like, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> it's a meal. Yeah. Now, that, that's a very good point. I know we wanted to kind of continue our conversation about pro days, a little more quarterback exclusive. Before we do – We want to tell you here at Maverick Sports Consulting, we would like to ask you actually to follow, subscribe, and take the chance to interact with us on our Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and other social media platforms. We are a company that is all about helping maximize your opportunities in front of you and your career. The only way we can support you is if we hear from you. Your takeaway from tonight's show should be that if you interact with us, we will find a way to help you in your career path. Reach out and we could do a Mavs episode on your topic or we could circle back with you to help you with some individual attention. Don't wait. Reach out today at Mav underscore sports on all social media platforms. So today we were talking about some insane numbers that we were getting to. We talked about the Penn State kids. One got one performance, a pro day performance of a couple different individuals for the same school. That I just want to mention real quick and then we'll get into the quarterback heavy talk. We know – actually, a, a good friend of the show. Good friend of the show, David. Maybe you've heard of him. Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa. I need to talk about this for a second. I just need to. I need to talk about him and Ellerson Smith, who I I talked a- about. I talked about Spencer Brown yesterday on the Giants uh, kickoff show. Uh, they had me on as a guest, and I, I, I we were. We were talking about exactly what you're about to bring up. So go ahead. I, I, I love it, man. So I actually had a – I actually have an article coming out tomorrow 
where I'm highlighting the relationships between four Northern Iowa football players and the different paths that they took with the pandemic situation. So Spencer Brown and Ellerson Smith were both individuals for Northern Iowa who decided to sit out the season when he got pushed to the spring. They're like, we're just going to go to the NFL draft. Both went down to Senior Bowl. Both had a lot of great moments. This combine workout, combine style workout at the pro day here. Let's start with Ellerson Smith. 41 inch vertical at six foot six plus 260 something pounds. Insane. Absolutely insane. Had a nice day overall. But I want to talk about Spencer Brown because we talk about rare a lot, right, David? We talk about historical. Well, a six foot eight and a half, 310 pound offensive tackle running 488 in the 40 yard dash, a 434 short shuttle, and a 696 three cone while also doing 29 reps on the bench with almost 35-inch arms. All those numbers are insane. But for me, when I'm looking at this, like 488 is incredible, obviously. three A 696 code? Yeah, that's, that's the one that got me. The 696 at 315 pounds. It was like, people don't understand. If you don't know the, the L drill, you don't know that. It, it, it's hard to do even at one. It, to go sub seven seconds is hard to do. Even at like a one one twenty five, even you know what I mean. It's, it's hard. It's one ninety five guy, but you know for him to do it at three fifteen, oh my goodness! And and six eight because you know, like you're talking about changing direction. The lo- taller you get, the harder it should be to change direction. That is absurd. I I that might honestly. People keep talking about Michael Parsons, and we did obviously right. I talked about Jason Oway running four three nine. I just talked about Ellerson Smith at 260-something pounds with a 41-inch vert. Like, those numbers obviously stand out. For me, if you ask me what's the most impressive number I've seen this pro day circuit, that's it. That three-cone for a player that size, I can't remember ever hearing about it. And when we're talking about the fact of, like, hey, obviously he looks the part. He's got a long, athletic frame. He's been working all offseason with Joe Thomas, uh, Joe Thomas, Joe Staley. I'm sorry, another great offensive lineman, not quite to the degree of Joe Thomas, but Joe Staley, who was a very good player for a long time. He's been training with Joe Staley and gets the senior bowl, has a little bit of a rough start to the week, but then has a very good two days to end the end the week. But now we're talking about historically speaking, has an offensive lineman ever had a better workout than this? All the rounds, like every drill was bananas. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just yeah, trying again, to the, the numbers are in, the, the numbers are insane. So I can't you know, off the top of my head. And again, if they did, they were six five. Right. They weren't six eight. <laughs> the, you know, again, and, and people just don't understand like Shaq is what, seven two? In three twenty or something, when he came in from LSU, this is a guy who's six eight and three fifteen, so he would be even thicker than what Shaq was coming in, and and he's doing things that are just rare, 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 rare. Now, a lot of people when like when I watched him, I and I'm in the minority here. I will say it: I don't see left tackle with him. I see right tackle. I think he's a very good right tackle. I think he's going to be. He could be. Shoot, all pro type right tackle with, a, and then his measurables come out and do that. A lot of players, a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, he's going to be a left tackle. He's going to be a left tackle." I just don't. Yeah, I don't know if he if he has left tackle in him. But dang, those numbers sure do say that he does. 
Right. And, and we talk about the importance of these verified measurables, like this offensive tackle position. It's so important. I feel like people don't really understand that because they just think offensive lineman, like he's just this fat guy that's blocking someone. When you look about the best offensive tackles in the modern era, like now, today, right this second, we're talking about Trent Williams, Tyron Smith, Teron Armstead. These guys are all, um, did I I say um, Lane Johnson from the Eagles? When we're talking about athletes, like these guys are aliens. They're running four sevens and stuff like that at 300 plus pounds. Like these guys are not from this planet. So there is a, there's a direct correlation and there is data that is proving how important this skill set is to have on the edge, blocking some of these talented defensive ends and outside pass rushers, the ability to work outside of your frame. Cause that's another thing people don't understand with length, right? For interior players, you're not working outside your frame much, right? You're in reduced space. These guys have to play outside their frame. That's why this length is so important. That's why this athleticism is so important. And for this type of performance, like not only did I like his tape a bunch, not only did he improve all the way through senior bowl week, not only is he working out with Joe, Joe Staley. Who's he still has a Thomas so bad. I, well, Joe Thomas is one of my favorite players ever, man. He was a phenomenal left tackle. Not only is he working with Joe Staley, but then he has these numbers that also point to the fact of like, hey, this guy could be one of the best in, in the NFL down the road. And not saying historically, I'm saying in his day, he could be one of the premier offensive tackles because he has all the traits and he checks all the boxes and he has the work ethic to do so. So just quick shout out to Spencer Brown. Good friend at the show. Again, I wouldn't surprise me if he goes somewhere between 15 and 25. I don't, I think that the draft math isn't going to work out in his favor, but it might, especially if someone sees him as a left tackle. But, you know, again, for me, I have them currently going to the Giants in their second round pick and playing that right tackle with their other young guy they took last year. And I know they say they like that kid from Connecticut, but this this guy, Brown, from Northern Iowa, is I think he's just got some some, like you said, rare traits that, yeah. you know, if, if he's sitting there at that late in the second round, I mean, but I mean, you could also wind up getting the Rams Deep in the draft, you know, wind up, you know, seven, baby. Give me him. Give me him. Yeah. I don't know if he'll make it there, but if, if he is, they would be running. Yeah. They would be running the card up the aisle. Now he won't, but oh man, could you imagine even like, obviously, so Havenstein's the right tackle. He he's, he's okay. He's not great, but the ability to learn, I know he's not going to play left tackle potentially, but the ability just to learn from Andrew Whitworth for a year. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he's got the skill set and he fits that system where maybe right. in that system he can play left tackle and 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 do well because it's a system fit for yeah. him. Whereas the Giants, you know, there there are more power and more more come off the ball and hit people in the mouth. And I think he would fit better at right tackle. And they they got their guy last year at left, so. You know, it would give them just bookend, you know, offensive line for, and then that's something they're struggling with. So again, if he were to fall to the second round, and they, and I think that's a team that should be screaming up the aisle to go get him. Yeah, I agree. Oh, another one, David. I don't know if you did. You see J.C. Horn's numbers, baby? Did you see? Jeez, I knew you were bringing him up. I (laughs) when you interviewed him the other day, I was just like the the 
that the smile on your face was Ooh. just unbelievable. Well, because he dropped it to me, man. Everyone, nobody thought he was a great athlete for some reason. I was like, are we watching the same film? Because I see a very good athlete. But so he told me I'm running high four threes, low four twos, and he ran four three nine. So check that box. But he told me he was going to jump like 38, 39 inches, and he jumps like 41. And then he goes 11-2 in the broad. I'm like, brother, brother. After he did, I'm like, JC, you don't need to do any position drills. You're good. You you're it. good. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. That's all like, you, yeah, all yeah, you're going to do. Of, yeah, I'm running out of the tunnel, man. Like, you're yeah. Just keep going. You're good. You're Just good. Bo Jackson this. Take it to the locker room. Get it. That's it. Um, no, I, I mean, I saw the numbers and I was like, I knew you were going to bring them up when I said we're going to talk about days and stuff. But that honestly, this is what makes this draft process so much fun for me is because you get validated in your numbers or you find players. Like I was talking about the Hobbs kid from Illinois. I didn't know him. I didn't know yeah. him for Adams. You, you know, I, I was just looking at numbers and then all of a sudden he, he forced me with his workout to go look at him and see what he can do. And now here's JC who, again, some people were like, Oh, he's not that athletic. Well, he just proved them wrong with yeah. his numbers. Cause you can't have those numbers and be unathletic. You can't have that kind of change of direction and that broad and that to be now, you know, you might not, I mean, there's toughness, there's tackling ability, there's coming to balance or strike. There's a lot of things that you cannot be, but you cannot right. not be athletic with those numbers. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Well, the best thing was during my interview with him, he was like, yeah, I, I keep hearing that I'm not athletic. He's like, show me where I ever got beat deep ever in college playing press man. Like he's like, I'm not playing cover three where nothing's getting behind me. He's like, I'm playing press man and nobody's throwing over top of me. That's not by accident. I'm like, that's a great point. That's a fantastic point because you could easily get in the trail position playing press if you have a bad rep. So shout out to JC, another great young man. Now, that I've been when's LSU's of. pro day? That's Was that tomorrow? That might be tomorrow. I, I honestly, can't I think it might be tomorrow when this is coming out. So listen up, people. Listen oh, up. It is. It is. It is tomorrow. You're right. So yep. tomorrow when this is coming out, DT might have to be ordering some pizzas because our boy <laughs> who was on the show, he was talking some crazy numbers, and we've been seeing a lot of these players hit their crazy numbers. And I bet right. a pizza that I would, I would, pay, I'd pay for his pizza if That's he hit true. those numbers. And that was who? Jacoby Stevens. Stevens, Jacoby Stevens was on the show a couple weeks ago and he was talking some crazy numbers. So tomorrow at LSU, you know, watch the Twitter account because I might be throwing out some pizza pies and sending them his way. Yeah, everybody is very, very, um, very excited to see Jamar Chase after not playing in 2020. But I'm I'm got my eyes glued for Jacoby Stevens, who promised us what four or five something at 225 pounds, like a 40 inch vert or something, or like 11 foot broad, like just crazy numbers. So keep an eye out for the LSU Pro Day. David, the last like 10 minutes or so, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk. We talk, heard talking about before the show. We were wasting our thoughts before the show like we always do. But <laughs> let's kind of go through some of these guys. Trevor Lawrence had his Pro Day a million years ago. Let's get him out of the equation. The next four guys assumed in this draft, right? Let's go one by one. Zach Wilson, let's start there. Who everyone thinks is the second quarterback off the board. Your thoughts on his pro day performance at BYU a few days ago? You know, someone used this term, and I'm I'm addicted to it now. Mm -hmm. He's an and one quarterback. You know, he, he's an off script. I can make a special throw once in a while. The way you go, wow, that was a rare throw. Yep, I've been in the building when Eli was a rookie. 
Mm-hmm. And I watched Eli play. I've watched Kurt Warner play. I've watched um, so many good quarterbacks in my career. Drew Brees live, you know, being in Oakland and watching Drew Brees come in with San Diego and play live. I've seen Philip Rivers kick our ass a couple times from out there in Oakland. Fourth quarter, son of a bitch would just fucking <laughs> come back and just beat us, right? So with that ugly, with that ugly release, but with I'm that ugly release, uh, you know, I've seen Ben Roethlisberger. I've seen so many good quarterbacks in my day. Brett Favre. I was in there the day after his father died and watched him just rip us apart on that Monday night game. Oh yeah. So when I watch and compare this this kid to those guys, even Kyler Murray, like when Kyler Murray did his pro day. It looked like a damn video game, you know, like, I mean, it, it was just like, man, he, the way he throws the ball, it's perfect. The velocity, the re- revolutions on the ball, the placement, it's perfect. This guy's not perfect. You know, he's not. And, and he doesn't drop back. His lower body mechanics is off. His, the way he scrambles and throws across his body's off and he floats the ball up there. And in the NFL, those are picks. Those aren't those aren't great plays. Those are oh, this is a pick. That's a pick. That's a pick. And so I'm watching the pro day, watching it. How much time it takes. Larry Ennis, God bless his soul, he passed away. Larry Ennis, old school giant scout, used to tell me, you got to watch the revolutions on a ball when a guy is backside hash to the far sideline. If it, that revolution doesn't hit eight before it hits the sideline. He doesn't have true arm strength. Okay, eight eight or plus, he's got good arm strength. If you find a guy like Brett Favre, it'll have like ten revolutions all the way over there, and then you're just like, oh Jesus, like it's just humming, right? Mm-hmm. But this kid, it seems like it takes forever to get there. And then the guys that were running routes for him and stuff, they were they were reacting backwards. They were having to adjust. They were. It wasn't easy catches. Again, when Kyler came out a few years ago, everything was front shoulder dropped over to the bucket. You know, it was it was just perfect. And when Drew Brees came out of Purdue, it was just perfect. Every ball was perfect. You know, Eli used to be able to fit fit things into windows, and Kevin Gilbride would turn around and look at Jesse Palmer and Kurt Warner and be like, "Guys, don't try that." You know, it was like it was like there the the window was this big. And he got it in there, but he could see it and throw it in there. I don't see that with Wilson. I don't. And and for me to think that he's this, you know, the next good quarterback, the only thing, in my opinion, why he would go somewhere that high is because he might be the same as Sam Donald, might be the same player, but he has a rookie contract and therefore the rookie contract for the next five years will keep Joe Douglas from having to pay Sam Donald the money. Right. So then now if you're playing the draft strategy to to your favor, you win the press conference by taking the kid that everybody wants you to take. Jets fans get excited. You have the same guy. You have a similar system that you would win with Sam Donald in. So, and you have that, that rookie quarterback contract for five years Mm -hmm. so therefore now you're buying time with your team to build your team and put it around them that's the benefit that i see with drafting a guy like that at number two because he might be the same guy but the money becomes a lot cheaper 
Now, in my opinion, he takes that pick because of what the the Niners just paid for to get up to three. Mm-hmm. And he either flips, flops with the with Atlanta, or he gets the King Ransom from Carolina to yeah. come up and get Trey Lance. And then now you're sitting there with a ton of draft capital. Even if you got to pay Sam Donald, you have so much in draft capital, you're going to be able to keep the talent around him at a low cost. Right. Not just in this year's draft class, but in 2022, 2023, and maybe even stretch it out to 2024 with some picks. So now you have picks over the next you know, five years. And first round picks, multiple first round picks over the next three, mm-hmm. which again that buys you five years per pick. So if you have two first rounders this year, two first rounders next year, a second rounder, you're looking at buying the 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 organization a plethora of young talent instead of just one quarterback that's the same as the one you got. David, you're such a nerd, dude. I asked you about a pro day performance and you went into roster construction and how to allocate funds and where I'm supplementing money. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't. I love it. I love this stuff. That's cool, man. I, I, I love it too. Cause I mean, you had me going there. I could have just listened to you for another 10 minutes. I think just about the topic, but moving back to the actual pro day performance. <laughs> I thought it sucked. I did. I oh, didn't like it. It sucked. Um, all right. So this is my biggest issue with Zach Wilson. I understand why people like him a lot. I get it. I do understand it. My my thing here is, though, okay, everyone talks about the outside of structure magic. And that's awesome. That's wonderful. You mentioned a couple guys. Brett Favre had that. Like, he had it. Outs- like, a play was never dead. Ben Roethlisberger in his younger days had that. A play was never dead. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterbacks in the game right now, Deshaun Watson, like those dudes, you cannot stop until the whistle blows on those guys because they can do great things outside of structure. It's a great skill to have. My problem is I don't see consistency inside of structure. Like there's baseline ability that you need to have three-step, five-step, seven-step, whatever it is, no hitch, on time. I don't see it right now. That pro day performance encapsulated Zach Wilson for me. He made some incredible throws, like the throw fading, throwing back to the middle of the field. Like, I would never want a quarterback to throw fading back to the middle of the field for one. But, like, hey, it showed us off his, his, his arm talent. Like, I get it. He could throw from – he could layer the football. He could take uh, uh, take something off a ball a little bit. He can change arm speeds. Like, there's a lot of good stuff there. But we saw that the, quote-unquote, elementary stuff, the easy stuff, was not that easy. And it should be. And that worries the shit out of me, man. You know what it that reminds really me does. of? Honestly, as you describe it, and I hear your words, you know who it reminds me of? Who's that? Johnny Football. Oh no, don't do it. Don't when do Johnny it. Football don't came out of it. when Johnny Football came out of AM, people got enamored with his and one playability and his ability to go off script and uh, make plays and buy time and yada yada yada. Yep. And then now I know there's a lot of character stuff with Johnny football that there's probably not here. So I'm not trying to say that, sure. even though I think he's smug in himself. Wilson is. Um, I I just think that what you just described was Johnny football. 
you know, and that and that's what you know Manziel did, and what people got enamored with, and they got all shot in the ass with, and therefore then it got him in trouble because he couldn't do the stuff from the pocket. So, you know, again, I agree with you. I don't think he's that impressive. I think if the Jets end up pulling the trigger, it's only to get a guy that's the same guy they have with a contract and that will boost ticket sales because now, you know, we're going to get rid of the 23-year-old version and get the 21-year-old version with the five-year contract. Like, that's what blows my mind. When the, when, when, when the Giants didn't take Sam Donald out of freaking USC back in the day and they took Shaq, um, it, it, what happened? They they got Gettleman got crucified for not taking the quarterback, and now here we are two three years later, and here we go. Everybody wants everybody wants to get rid of Sam Donald, who's only twenty three, only twenty three years old, and you know that fade right pass roll into his left that that the guy Wilson threw in the field. about a half hour after that, someone on Twitter showed Sam Donald making the same throw in an NFL game. And yeah. completing it, so that throw it's by like, Arnold was insane too. Was yeah, insane too. and so it's like yeah. you—it's the same guy. So if you want the cheaper contract, go for it. But I think you trade back, you collect draft capital, then you move on. I know we got other quarterbacks to talk about. No, no, it, it's funny though. I, I was, I was all like, like a, mo- a couple months ago, right when Zach Wilson was the assumed quarterback four in this draft behind. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and then like, oh, Wilson might be the fourth guy. I was like, that's cool. Like, I get it. In the right situation, it could maybe work. Like, I get it. It's taken on a a life of its own at this point. It's a little too much for me. David, let's talk about the other three quarterbacks that we've seen pretty recently. Trey Lance a little further back. Justin Fields we got today, Tuesday, March 30th. And, of course, we also saw Mac Jones for the second time today as well. Of those three, who was the most impressive to you? Trey Lance. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, Trey Lance to me has the velocity that I talked about that like Larry taught me. Um, he's a guy that uh, has poise. He's got confidence. When he walks into the, just even his workout, you know, I don't want to say he looked overly serious because he didn't. He still looked relaxed, but he was confident. When I was watching Wilson, you know, he was he was – and, and Jones, they don't they don't give me an air of confidence. They give me a different airs. Like to me, Mac Jones wants to be everybody's friend. He wants everybody to like him. He wants you know he, he you know he wants to get along with everybody. Zach to me looks like a little smug kid. You know that you know if, if you don't like him, oh, I don't care who are you anyways type attitude. But Lance to me was a leader. Lance when he walked on yeah. the field, he did his stuff. He was a leader. And his arm talent is is obvious. He's a six three plus guy. He's a two twenty five guy. You know, he's not light. He has a good frame. He's great velocity, good arm, good hand size. I think it was nine and a half if I was right or in that. So yeah. you know, he's to me, he's the one guy that has less question marks. And I think the reason why Zach went from four up to two and this and that, people have question marks on every one of these quarterbacks. Even Trevor Lawrence, they they wonder if his frame is going to be what it is, but the arm talent is at a position that they just, they got to take and he's the golden boy. Plus Jacksonville needs this kind of kid and he, that kid is a leader. I mean, everybody down there talks about how a good leader he is. So it makes just too much sense for him not to go number one overall. You know, so 
you know, for me though, the next guy up is Trey Lance. And, you know, I think that's why the Niners made the move the Niners made because it was very known that Atlanta wanted to take Trey Lance. And that was their mistake by saying, you know, we, you know, we might not get Wilson, but we'll, we'll probably get Lance. We're fine with that. And now the Niners knew they had to get up in front of them. But I just think the Niners made the move too early. And now, you know, Atlanta has got a chance to flip flop with the Jets to go get them. And if the Jets aren't sold or don't want to, you know, if they want to collect draft capital, they're in a bird dog seat right now. They don't even have to do it till draft night. So the press doesn't have to get after their asses. They could just do it on draft night. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'll get post draft murdered depending on who they do take. But at the same time, you know, five years from now, if you win a Super Bowl, no one's going to remember anything, but you win in the Super Bowl. So. David Turner on the Trey Lance bandwagon. Finally, I finally have done. You it, put Trey. me on it. You put I me did. on it. I did, man. I hope it turns out. If he doesn't end up uh, working out, then I look like an idiot. But yeah, but for now, for now, it looks great for me. I convinced an 18-year scouting vet that Trey Lance is the second best quarterback in the draft. We will see what happens. Obviously, for me, he had a great performance, right? Like he's been working with Quincy Avery, who's a very uh, well-renowned quarterback coach. What really got me with Lance was like, like you pop on his film, it's easy to see the arm strength. It's easy to see the arm talent, the ability to change arm speeds, multiple layers of the field. It's easy to see the athleticism that he has. When the Black Lives Matter movement happened, he was organizing protests. He was marching. Like for me, the leadership qualities, he exudes confidence. He exudes leadership. You talked about Trevor Lawrence has that quality to him too. For me, like there's just something about him. Like at the end of the day, there's a feeling that you have to get from your quarterback, from the guy that's leading your team. I already said he's the most important player in sports. Trey Lance gives that for me. I don't know what it is. I can't quite quantify that as much as I can quantify how fast he runs or how high he jumps. But like there's just something about him, man. Like he just has an aura around him that rubs off. And I think that I think players will follow him. So that's kind of why I'm like you said, he's got that it. It's you know, and and he's a player that knows who he is. He's and he, he's not trying to be somebody outside the scope of who he is. So, yeah, no, I, I really like him a lot. Everybody talks about that it factor too, but like it's a real thing. It absolutely is. So, uh, Justin Fields was the other guy for me. If you ask me who had the most impressive pro day performance of these quarterbacks so far, it'd be between Lance and Fields. Fields was impressive today. He really was. He, th- I mean, a couple of the balls that he threw today. Got me out of my seat. That one where he's fading the left, he, he threw obviously with the momentum going towards the sideline, but like that thing was 65 plus on the air. Like that was an impressive football. I think that Justin Fields in the right situation, we're talking about right around six foot three, 225 pounds, ran 444 in the 40, even with a little bit of a misstep early in that run. Like this kid has all the traits that we look for in a, in a professional quarterback. I just feel like him along with Trey Lance, along with Zach Wilson, like that tier of quarterbacks, for me, situation is going to dictate their success so much. I don't want Justin Fields to get thrown into the fire and lose confidence. If he hits, he could be a very good quarterback. No, he ain't going to hit because there's defenses on the field. Oh, Today he looked oh. phenomenal. I mean, yeah. phenomenal. And this was oh. the kid that I was excited to see all year. Like this was, you know, before, before the season started, I was on the field bandwagon. I was like, hey. This is a big kid. He swings the ball well. 
and you were all talking about Lance, and I was like, you know, Fields for me is my guy. I think Fields is going to wind up pushing Lawrence. You know, I think he's, you know, he's at Ohio State. He's going to have all the hype, plays all the games. Cool. But then he played the games, and I'm like, ooh, ooh. You know, and then uh, uh, ooh, uh, that, that that one didn't no, didn't look good. No, that was not good. Um, and I started like I couldn't believe it. Really, I was just like, this is not anywhere near what uh, what I was looking for in a quarterback. And you know, again, when when did Ohio State? What did Ohio State do when they started? You know, uh, struggling a little bit. They they went to the run game. And once they get, once you see a team go to the run game, then then, um, then, then you know. I mean, it's back when Matt Leinert was at SC. They oh, were down. Oh yeah, they, they were they were down here at Arizona State. They were losing at halftime, and Pete Carroll comes out of halftime, and they had White and Reggie Bush. Those guys touched the ball two thirds of the way, the second half, and they ran the ball down their throat, controlled the clock, and and they kept Matt Leiner from losing the game on them. And they won that game. But when you watch certain games like that, that's when you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Like now we know who the, the who they trust, who the coaches trust. Because the, tra- the coaches can come out in the press and say whatever they want. How they coach, how, when their job's on the line, that's when you know what they really feel about a player. And like, same thing here. You know, jobs are on the line. They went back to that run game. I didn't even know the name Sermon before this year. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. here we go. You know, now I know him by the end of the year because the kid just blows up and he, you know, passes out of the bass field to him, running the ball, you know, using that speed to their advantage. It wasn't Trey Lance that won the games. It was that run game just in that field. defense. Just field. Oh, field. Sorry. Sorry. Trey Lance again. Sorry. I just have a Trey Lance on the brain because he's the better one. I, I agree. Hey, no argument for me. Yeah, Last but- guy we need to talk about before we get out of here, though. Last one. Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about Michael McCorkle Jones here, okay? We're going to talk about the Mac Jones. Uh, worst worst middle name of all time. I know some people actually like it. It's awful. It's awful. Anybody named McCorkle can't play quarterback in the NFL. Um, so funny. he had two different pro days because Alabama split their pro day up. So he actually had two opportunities to throw the football. The first time, I thought it was okay. It was pretty solid. Today, I thought it was not great. Missed a lot of deep passes today. David, we talked about this before the show a little bit. I am so tired of this Mac Jones conversation. Like, I am exhausted to hear about this guy at this point. I He went from, like, wow, man, like somewhere on day two might be a guy down the road. He does enough inside of structure. He'll keep you, uh, you know, in, he'll keep you on schedule. He's a guy that won't kill you. That's awesome. And then all of a sudden now, we're talking about him potentially being a top 10 pick. You're someone's no, someone, someone someone, was like the top five, the top three. Right. Yeah. Oh, they traded up for third to get Mac Jones, which is a bunch of malarkey. Like, n- like no chance. That's a thing. I don't care what anybody tells me. If that happens, I will delete my Twitter. Like, there's no chance that that's a thing. But is that a so threat or a promise? <laughs> if you want it to be a promise, it could be a promise. I don't care. Oh, man. David, I can't, I can't even like quantify it in words because like at this point, man, you're telling me that a ge- like these general managers and these scouts looked at Mac Jones, who I think I saw a stat 
58% of his passes this year were either screen passes or plays off of RPO, which are very easy, easy reads, easy, easy throws, by the way. So he's in playing in a very talent-laden system with guys around him, very easy system. He, I don't know. Like, you're telling me guys, scouts, general managers, coaches, look at that guy and say, I take him top five. I don't buy it, man. I just can't. Like, what does he present to me that I'm going to get super excited about? I see a very average arm, good accuracy. It's fine. Not athletic. I like, what am I getting here? What am I, what am I betting the house on in the top five or top 10 on Mac Jones? I don't understand it. I just, your ROI is not good with Mac. It's not. And, and again, I, I don't buy it. I don't, I, the reason, again, let's not do what they say or what the other, the talking heads are saying that the agents are telling them to say, you know, let's not do that. Let's yeah. read the tea leaves. If they wanted Mac, nobody's talking about Mac at three, four or five. Nobody was talking that high about Mac. So why would they have to jump up in front of the Falcons? They jumped up in front of the Falcons because everybody was talking about how the Falcons want Trey Lance. Yeah, not Justin Fields, not Wilson. The Atlanta Falcons wanted Trey Lance, so they knew they had to come up to three and get in front of them and pay all that draft capital to make sure they got Trey Lance. Yeah, because if not, then you could have been at five or six and paid less and got your quarterback up there. If if you didn't believe the Falcons were going to take Trey Lance, then you didn't need to jump up in front of them. And if you were worried about the getting the second best quarterback, if you if you really wanted to make sure you got your guy, why didn't you go to two? Right. Why didn't you go to two? Okay. And oh, they weren't going to trade us two. Oh, everything's on the table this time of year. Don't go that right. Every pick's on the table. Even the first pick's on the table. Like if the Houston Texans would have called Jacksonville before all this stuff came out about Watson. Jacksonville probably would have traded him the first round pick and took Watson over there. Interdivision trade, but it's still on the table. This time of year, all picks are on the table because they're commodities. And if you can make a commodities trade and make your team better, it's on the table. So I don't buy the Mac Jones smoke screen. I don't think I think it's an agent. And I think the agent is working with the, you know, the Niners a little bit and pumping Mac up, but I don't see him in the top 20, in my opinion, all, all season, you know, I thought Kyle Trask was better than Mac Jones. I mean, you can go back on the podcast as we were shooting them. I was liking Kyle Trask. He was giving me trouble about being a Gator lover. And, and I was just like, you know what I, and I still think tomorrow's pro day where Kyle Trask throws, I can't wait to watch it. Because I'm like, I think Kyle's going to have a better pro day than Mac Jones had today. Everything Mac Jones threw was a freaking rainbow. Everything was a rainbow. Nothing was on a rope. Nothing was on a line. The revolutions were not where they needed to be on the outs and stuff. And then he does a little cute trick play as a memory to or a, 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 a toss to Navy. And I'm just like, really? How about you throw one on a rope up the seam? And let's see. Let's count those revolutions on that ball, and and then then we'll make you go up the draft board. Not all these rainbows that you're throwing out there that are just picks in the NFL. 
So best field on the play. Uh, best thing that happened on that field today. Smith caught balls, and we know his hands healthy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was the best thing that happened on Alabama's field today was the Heisman Trophy winner caught some balls and he looked fantastic doing it. So, I don't know how much he weighs. I know he said 170, but I really want to know. How much do you weigh, Devonta Smith? I, want I to don't know. care at this point because that boy can play some ball. I'm not saying he can't. I mean, he was just so elegant in the air when he went up for that ball in the end zone. I mean, and then, then they made him rethrow it because he out jumped the pass. The first one, they threw it and he out jumped the pass because Mac threw it wrong. So then the second one, he had to limit his jump ability because, you know, they obviously want Mac to get a completion. But Devontae Smith rose up on that ball like it was like, I, I would have thought he jumped 11 feet straight up on, on that ball. He was out and it was effortless and smooth and elegant. I was just like, dude, that is the best thing that happened on this field today. Well, to end this podcast, I want to leave our listeners with this. As a L.A. Rams fan, I hope the 49ers take Mac Jones. I hope it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it happens. Really Art of war. Don't interrupt your, your enemy when they're making a mistake, right? Yes, yes, please. San Francisco 49er fans out there, petition your team. Draft Mac Jones. We want Mac. We want Mac. I'll, st- I'll start. I'll start the creative. He'll start the hashtag. We want Mac. Oh, uh, we want Mac. Yeah, 49ers fans, please do it. But on that note, we have been here a little over an hour. We want to thank everybody that has stuck with us again on the NFL Draft Bible live stream on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, bringing you Mav Sports Take episode thirty-four. Of course, we were joined by Mister Peyton Turner, star defensive end out of the University of Houston, talking a little pro day, talking some quarterback carousel. Before we head out, Mav Sports would like you to, again, to ask you to like, share, subscribe, drop us a review, like every social media platform that we have. I would like you to write a review. Go on Apple Podcasts right now or any other podcast platform that you love, that you support. Send a five-star review. Give a nice little thing. Say Ryan Roberts is awesome. David Turner is pretty good himself. And we will join you, as always, every Tuesday night, 8.30 Eastern time, to bring you the business of football, the behind the scenes, the nitty gritty that everybody needs to know, the unmuzzled talk that the other um, platforms do not want to talk about. Yeah. And by the way, happy Easter, everybody. I apologize. We didn't have an Easter program. We've been trying to do all of them, but happy Easter. God bless. Be safe this weekend with the long weekends and be smart with your mask. Continue to wear masks, please. Join us next week where David Turner will be in some rabbit ears. Appreciate you all again. Until next week, my friends, stay safe. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media. Share your thoughts on today's episode and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.